We're going to turn to God's Word. Um, We're going to turn to the Old Testament, the book of Job, uh, which is the one that you'll find just before the Psalms. So if you open up to the middle of your Bible, um, you'll find Psalms. And if you go to the book just before that, uh, the book of Job, uh, chapter 11, page 517 in the Pew Bibles. Page 517. We're going to pick it up at verse 7 and then we're going to read to the first part of, of verse 19. So, so near the top of the, of the second column on page 517, I'm going to read down to the bottom of that page. Picking up at verse 7 of Job chapter 11. Can you fathom the mysteries of God? Can you probe the limits of the Almighty? They are higher than the heavens. What can you do? They are deeper than the depths of the grave. What can you know? Their measure is longer than the earth and wider than the sea. If he comes along and confines you in prison and convenes a court, who can oppose him? Surely he recognizes deceitful men. And when he sees evil, does he not take note? But a witless man can no more become wise than a wild donkey's colt can be born a man. Yet if you devote your heart to him and stretch out your hands to him, if you put away the sin that is in your hand and allow no evil to dwell in your tent, then you will lift up your face without shame. You will stand firm and without fear. You will surely forget your trouble, recalling it only as waters gone by. Life will be brighter than noonday, and darkness will become like morning. You will be secure because there is hope. You will look about you and take your rest in safety. You will lie down, and no one will make you afraid. And we end our reading there, and thank God for his word. Let us pray. God, we thank you for this word that you give us. Your word has been, is, is God-breathed, that has been inspired by the Holy Spirit, inspired to be written down and recorded and passed from generation to generation so it can speak to each one of us in our time. And may this word be for our time, Lord. May it be a word that speaks to us the hope that we find in you. That means that we can rest and and no one will fill us with fear. That we can feel safe. That that even the darkest moments of our lives will be like like the middle of the day. The sun shining bright. Loving God, may your word shine bright in our hearts today. In Jesus' name, amen. Chaos. Madness, turmoil, disarray, hopeless. Not describing what our house is like on a Sunday before we come rushing to church, but maybe words that describe what uh, this past week or these past few days um, have looked like um, here in our country. We're approaching winter, rising food costs, rising energy costs, rising interest rates, rising mortgage payments. No credible government in Westminster. I started writing this and Liz Trust was still our prime minister. Um, who knew? Uh, but no credible government in, in Westminster, no executive assembly whatsoever in Stormont, uh, and the real possibility of another election um, looming here in Northern Ireland. If you're looking for one pastime in Northern Ireland that unites all communities, it's got to be voting. 
It's the one thing that we do more than anything else together, isn't it? Um, how do we see any hope of anyone guiding us through all of this that we're going through right now? But the mess and the chaos and the uncertainty isn't just confined to, to the political world. Um, we've seen and heard reports in the last few weeks of, of football players singing songs that glorify a terrorist organization that have committed some of the worst atrocities on this island. Um, another set of football fans singing songs, hurtful songs, about um, the 96 Liverpool fans that, that died in the Hillsborough disaster in 1989. Um, another set of fans singing songs um, celebrating and mocking the death of Her Majesty the Queen um, to, to Rangers supporters. Continuous reports of racism, of, of anti-Semitic comments, of homophobic comments on social media with no care or thought about how hurtful they might be at the people that they're aimed at. People willing to risk their lives to escape war and famine, torture and persecution by seeking refuge in foreign countries. Somalia on the brink of its worst drought in over 40 years. North Korea escalating the missile crisis by, by testing their, their missiles, developing their nuclear warhead program. Russia's continued war against Ukraine and all the, the, the terrible, awful things that are happening there. And the threat of war going nuclear, the very real threat of war going nuclear. There is a saying that, that might or might not be a Chinese curse. It says, may you live in interesting times. We, we are certainly living in interesting times, but for all the wrong reasons. This is just going to get worse. It's not just the, the gloom of the world around us um, and, and the uncertain future that can, allow, uh, that can overwhelm us with, with worry and concern. Uh, when our own personal struggles in life, our own personal trials can seem to overwhelm us. And, and that can be for a number of reasons, any number of reasons, perhaps there is concern around your own health and well-being or, or of someone um, that is very close to you. Uh, maybe right now you're going through some real difficult uncertainties around jobs, around finances. Um, perhaps you're experiencing problems in your relationships, not just romantic relationships, but maybe in family relationships or, or friendships or work relationships. Or there's a teacher at school that's giving you a hard time and you feel as if you're under attack. Um, perhaps you are just going through really, really difficult times. There's just a lot going on in your life right now and maybe you're feeling that your relationship with God is suffering and Satan is trying to find ways to distract you and you feel that you can't faithfully serve God in the way that he's gifted you. There is just so much going on in your life right now that is overwhelming and you feel hopeless and you feel that this is just going to be a real struggle. How do you get through this? Everything seems to be beyond your control right now. And being overwhelmed, we can often struggle to see where God is in the middle of all this. There is, um, there is something that happens in our house sometimes when we watch TV and um, <laughs> I see Joanne and Rachel going, what on earth is he sharing now? Um, <clears throat> we watch TV and, and there's somebody that comes on the screen and Joanne will go, I know who that is. We've seen that person somewhere before. And, um, and Joanne's very good at spotting where we've seen them before. Um, even if it's 10, 15, 20 years ago and they've looked completely different, but she's very good at recognizing 
recognizing those people. And inevitably, we'll go on Google and, and she'll be proven right, which is a terrible thing um, sometimes. <laughs> um, sometimes we're good at recognizing God in moments and situations, and sometimes we're not so great at recognizing that he's there. I wonder how good we are in the midst of troubles and struggles to say, but I see God in that. I recognize him here. We could easily become like Job, who asks the question a few chapters later, Job 17 verse 15, where then is my hope? Who can see any hope for me? A few years back, uh, the singer Rihanna, um, she filmed a music video here in Northern Ireland. You might have seen it in the papers because she did it in some farmer's field and he wasn't very happy about it. I hope that farmer's not sitting here. I don't know where he was from, but I, never, I have a habit of putting my foot in it. But anyway, <laughs> I'm hoping he's not here. Um, but, but the song that she, was, um, that she was recording the video for, the most repeated line in the song is, we found love in a hopeless place, which might seem appropriate that she filmed it here in Northern Ireland because how often we can look at the world around us and particularly our circumstances here in Northern Ireland and say, um, this is really a hopeless place. Where is the hope in anything that is going on around us? Where is the hope in our world today? If we constantly look at everything that is happening, how easily our world can seem like a hopeless place. But by shifting our focus, by shifting our eyes towards God, gives us a different perspective on how we see things in the world. The Swiss theologian Karl Barth once said that you should take your Bible and take your newspaper and read both, but interpret the newspaper with your Bible. When we look at the world on its own, how hopeless things can seem sometimes. When we look at our own lives and things that are happening in our lives, how hopeless things can seem sometimes. But when we look at it through the lens of scripture, when we look at it with an understanding of who God is, that he is in control of all things, even though things might seem chaotic, we get a better understanding of what is happening. When we look at the state of the world, we start to understand what we mean when we talk about living in a broken and fallen world. But scripture assures us that this broken and fallen world is neither God's design nor God's desire. And we're also assured that the struggles that we're going through that we experience are not struggles that we need to go through alone, or, 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 nor are they struggles that will last an eternity. What will last an eternity if we put our faith in Jesus is being in the presence of God's amazing glory. What will last for all eternity is that we will be in a place where the struggles of this world will be past, even in all of this seemingly hopelessness. If we put our faith in Jesus as our savior, then our hope is reawakened because our hope is in the one who has overcome the world. As Paul puts it in his second letter to the Corinthians, chapter four, verse 17 to 18, for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen, words that we sang there earlier. Since what is seen is temporary, 
but what is unseen is eternal. When, when Peter steps out the relative safety of the boat, he is able to walk on the stormy waters because he has been faithful in stepping into a difficult place that Jesus has called him to. And when he takes his eyes off Jesus, he becomes overwhelmed by the storms that are raging around him. And he starts to sink. And he starts to feel as if he is drowning. He starts to feel that everything is overwhelming him. And perhaps that's where you are right now. Perhaps you are in a place where you feel as if everything is overwhelming you. You feel as if you're drowning. And it might be that you do have faith in Jesus. And still those of us who have faith in Jesus, sometimes we can feel as if we're drowning because we've taken our eyes off of him and we've allowed these things around us to become the focus of our lives. Peter had taken his eyes off off of Jesus, but when he cries out to Jesus and he looks to Jesus, rather than being distracted by the storm raging around him, Jesus lifts him up above the raging sea, above the chaos of the storm. In that moment of being overwhelmed, Peter knew that Jesus was his only hope. Jesus brings hope and peace and reassurance to us when the storms of hopelessness rage around us. In the book of Lamentations, in a city that has been overwhelmed and destroyed by invaders, the writer knows where his hope is in the midst of that hopeless place. Through the Lord's mercies we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. As we look to the 12 months that lie ahead of us, it is difficult to predict what it's going to look like. Who could have predicted Monday what we would be looking, what things would look like on Sunday? So goodness knows how we could even think that we could know what the next 12 months are going to look like for us. It's difficult to see anything hopeful. It's difficult to see anything good coming out into our lives anytime soon. It can be hard sometimes to read Romans 8.28 that says we know that all things, in, that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Sometimes it can be very hard for us to see anything good coming out of our situations. But here's the thing, God does work in all things for the good of those who love him. Those are not just empty words that Paul wrote because maybe they sound lovely and and might encourage people. They're there because they're the truth. God does work in all things, even in the chaos and the uncertainty of what's happening right now in our country and and, and with with the economy and, and with prices and inflation. God does work in these situations, even in these situations, provided you are willing to allow him to be in control of all things. I want to read those words again that I read from Job at the start and and maybe in light of what you're thinking and what you're feeling and what you're recognizing in your life right now, let's read them again and hear what he says. Can you fathom the mysteries of God? Can you probe the limits of the Almighty? They are higher than the heavens heavens above. What, What can you do? They are deeper than the depths below. What can you know? Their measure is longer than the earth and wider than the sea. 
And then jumping to verse 13, yet if you devote your heart to him and stretch out your hands to him, if you put away the sin that is in your hand and allow no evil to dwell in your tent, then free of fault you will lift up your face. You will stand firm and without fear. You will surely forget your trouble, recalling it only as waters gone by. Life will be brighter than noonday and darkness will become like morning. You will be secure because there is hope. And you will look about you and take your rest in safety. Beautiful words, but more, more than beautiful words because these are words of scripture. These are God-breathed words. These are words that the Holy Spirit has placed in the mind of the speaker and placed in the mind of the writer. Words that have within them the power of the Holy Spirit. The same power that spoke the universe into being. That power is in these words. What incredible power these words have to bring change and transformation into how we see the world around us. If you allow these words into your heart, not just into your ears, then what you will find is, 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 is not love in a hopeless place, but hope in the midst of hopelessness. Taking our eyes off the, the hopelessness of the world around us and off of the giant waves of the struggles that we're going through that seem to overwhelm us and, and turning them to Jesus means shifting our focus off the, off the transience of this world and towards the eternity of God. It means that we're not overcome by this world because the God in whom we have put our faith and our trust has told us that there will be times of trouble in this world, but don't worry. Don't worry. Because he has overcome this world and there will come a time when we will overcome this world because this world will be gone. Because this broken world is not God's design. It's not God's desire. God is working towards making something far better than the struggles of this world. Yes, things are difficult for us right now. Yes, the world around us seems to be a mess. And yes, it is worrying when we look at it and we wonder what on earth are our children and our grandchildren going to inherit? When Paul talks about the troubles of this world being light and momentary troubles, he is not making light of them. He's not being dismissive of them. They are very real to us and they are very hard for us. But what he is saying is don't forget that in the light of eternity, these are temporary things. These are just a moment in the light of, of eternity and these moments will pass. They might not pass while we inhabit these earthly bodies. There might be struggles that we're gonna go through and endure for the rest of our lives here on earth. But our lives here on earth are not the only life that God promises us. In light of eternity, there is something far greater and far better than anything that this world has for us. And far greater and far better when we compare the struggles that we go through in this world. And so we need to hold on to our faith of a God who is in control. And that faith isn't only grounded in the word of God, but it's also in our own experiences of God who is in control. Of times in the past where God has come through for us, time and time again, when things seem to be overwhelming for us. It's been able to recognize God in those moments 
of recognizing Jesus at work in those places. When your faith gave you the courage or the strength or the peace in times when it would seem impossible for you to have any of those things. Time when God was there. God in control even in the chaos. When things start to overwhelm us, it's good for us to remember those times, to recognize God in those moments, and to remember the words that God speaks to Malachi in in chapter three, verse six, I, the Lord, do not change. If God was your strength in those times, God will be your strength in these times. If God was your peace in those times, God will be your peace in these times. If God was the shepherd, who led you through those darkest valleys then, he will continue to lead you through the dark valley that you are going through now. I want to bring these words to, uh, bring this to a close with these words that Peter writes in his first letter. Uh, chapter one, verses three to six, he says, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trouble. If you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and you are struggling to understand what is happening around you, I want to reassure you that God has not forgotten you. I do not change, God says. I've remembered you when you went through struggles in the past. I remember you when you go through your struggles now. He has never left you to face things on your own. He promises that he will never leave you or forsake you, that he will be with you always. And he has given you this church to be with you in those times relationships amongst the people here, words of encouragement and support, people that you can talk with and people that will pray with you. And there are so many different ways that you can do that in the life of this church. Life groups, the hub, prayer meetings, a cup of coffee at one of the local coffee shops. Relationship and friendship that God gives to you as a gift so that you do not need to feel that you are alone or have to go through this time on your own. Don't dismiss too easily the love and compassion and care of the people of God's church. It is his design. It is his desire that we would be part of a community of love and care and compassion. And so he has given us the gift of his church. Don't dismiss the opportunity to reach out for prayer We have time of prayer here in the front after every service. But we want to pray with you anytime. There's no need for you to think that you have to wait until Sunday morning. There is always somebody somewhere in this church community who would love to pray with you at any time. Pick up the phone. Don't be afraid to pick up the phone. Don't be afraid to come into the prayer meetings when they happen or other times when we're gathered together. Don't be afraid to raise it in your life group that you need prayer. Don't dismiss the opportunity to reach out for prayer, for a listening ear, for practical help, whatever it is that you need. And if you don't know Jesus, perhaps you know of Jesus, but you don't know him yet. You don't know him as the one who will lead you through the difficult times. 
the good shepherd. He doesn't just take you to the green pastures and the still waters where you can rest and be refreshed, but stays with you through the darkest of valleys. If you don't know him and you're going through difficult times right now and you don't know where you're going to find your hope or where you're going to find your strength in this, let me say to you from personal experience, he is the one. He is the only one who's going to get you through these difficult times. Take seriously his invitation to be your good shepherd, to be your father in heaven, to be your savior from the brokenness of this world. He is the hope of the world, the only hope of the world. At the start, I used those words, chaos, madness, turmoil, disarray, hopelessness. They don't only describe the world that we're living in right now, they probably very accurately describe the events of Good Friday. Everything seemed to be out of control there. As the disciples looked at the events of, the, of, of, of that day, they probably thought as well, what's going on? Where is there any hope in this? But we now know, because we live on the other side of Good Friday, we live on the other side of Easter Sunday, we know that there is a God who works in chaos, who works in, um, when things are out of control, who works in the midst of disarray and brings not just order, but brings life out of those situations. And that's our message for today. That's the message that the world needs to hear today. In the chaos and the uncertainty of everything that goes on, whether that is in the wider world or in the intimate, personal moments of your life, there is a God who loves you, who a God who is with you, and a God who wants to carry you through this. Let's pray. Thank you. Oh, sorry. Thank you, God, for your love for us and your promise to be with us. My prayer is exactly that. What we have said here, loving God, what you have shared with us today, that whatever is going on in our lives right now, whether we are feeling broken, whether we are brokenhearted, whether we are struggling and everything seems to be crumbling down around us, when the waves seem to be overwhelming us, in the midst of all of this, where is our hope? Our hope is in you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.